Spags, very special Thursday edition. Normally we have guests on Friday, but we're mixing things up today. Yeah, if we're ever going to roll out the red carpet on a Thursday, it's not going to be for Nana Pete. It's going to be for Davis Maddock, one of the sharpest guys out there. We actually pushed back on me calling him sharp on Twitter, but God damn it, this man is very sharp. We're going to talk about the playoffs, do some Super Bowl futures, AFC, NFC championship futures, and also dig into the meta of the playoff best ball drafts because that's what we love doing on here. So Pete, hit that intro. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Class Play, the fantasy football podcast for every game under the sun. And once again, I'm Chris Spags, joined by your friend and mine, Peter Overzet. And today, we got Davis Maddock, the man behind every podcast out there that is cast in the name. How are you doing, Davis? You know, I'm doing great. I'm I'm talking myself into all of these galaxy brain angles for for the playoffs. You know, so it's uh, it's it's a great time to be alive. You know, because none of your teams are dead yet. The, you know, the first upset that happens this weekend, Cowboys lose to the 49ers, and I'm going to be licking my wounds. But for right now, we're good. And make sure you're following Davis at Davis Maddock on Twitter, doing a lot of great work out there. And I'm going to ask the hard hitting question of you, Davis, right up top before we get to the plugs and get into the actual show. But you got the take cast, you got the swole cast, you got the gill cast now, too. Which of your casts are the favorite? And I don't want you to be swayed by having Pete here on the show. Just which cast now is the one that's number one in your heart? I mean, the only one that I would ever listen to if I could be transported into a universe where I couldn't remember what I just recorded would be the take cast. The other ones are like, whatever. I don't, I still don't know why anyone listens to the Gale cast. I don't actually understand what anyone gets out of it or the Swole cast for that matter. I guess it is. It's the only first look show in the did, industry. Davis, did you see that, that comment we got on the Swole cast post overnight? No. Uh, you probably have like a guy like this muted. I, I just have to read it out. This is so good. The guy goes, Swolecast was always approaching the bleeding edge of insufferable, but the NFT and crypto shit is impossible to sit through. There's too many good DFS shows that aren't hyping their speculative shit tier art bullshit. <laughs> I mean, I guarantee whatever account that is, I either have it blocked or muted, uh, but I can't say that he's wrong. I mean, <laughs> he's, not, he's not wrong. I mean, we did talk about moon cats for like 20 minutes, but I just, I really wanted Dave to reply uh, defending his moon cats, but he didn't. Sad. I think, look, I think you're allowed to talk about whatever you want. If you've done a show, you guys have been doing that show for what, five years now, six years? Oh, longer than like 10 years, probably. Well, Davis honestly. has been doing it for, I've, this was my third full year, I think. Yeah, this is your, this is your third year doing it. And we did it with Silva for five, six years too. I mean, long time. Yeah. Anyway, you do a show for that long. I feel like you're allowed to talk about whatever you want at that point. Cause people <laughs> know you're going to get to the other things. Like if you have other interests, that's good. Especially for you guys where you're actually making money off of these shit tier art projects. So I think that's <laughs> an important thing to keep in mind. Well, some I of mean, us are making money. <laughs> I'm just surprised that, uh, they still let us do the swole cast, especially during the off season. I thought they were going to give us the hard, like, all right, guys, fun season time to, fun, time fun to take a break. <laughs> 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 no honestly yeah it is it is really surprising that they uh that they still let us get away with it i don't i don't really get why 
Yeah, definitely check out that show. Of course, check out everything Davis is doing as well. Make sure you go checking out Football Outsiders because before the show, I got uh, our social media team tipped me off that our pal Davis here had blocked Football Outsiders. So then I think they, I'm not going to say spitefully, but I'm going to say probably a little bit of spite, then didn't tag you in the post because what's the point again? I guess because you're not going to read so we did. No, that's, that's fair. This has happened to me before. I went on the Yahoo Fantasy Football podcast with, um, why am I totally blanking on his name? Wow, this is not good. So, Matt Harmon? Uh, no, no. Uh, Andy Barons? No. Liz the, Loza? That dude, Liz Loza. <laughs> no. Oh, Scott. Scott Pianowski. Oh, wow, yeah, That yeah, was yeah. embarrassing. And and he sent me to say, he sent me a DM being like, hey, our social media team wants to know why you have Yahoo Sports blocked. And the answer is anything that comes in my feed via promotion, anything, uh, could, be, could be the Coinbase NFT platform blocked could be uh some person just starting a podcast and they want to get it out there blocked any <laughs> any if you ever run a promoted thing just guarantee your account's getting blocked by me <laughs> Did, davis have i told you that the fantasy pros account has me blocked because you were doing bits <laughs> it was back with the uh what's his name sly Bobby Sly days, and I apparently did one too many jokes, and the whoever was writing the account said Peter never gets to see our tweets again. So like everyone will be like retweeting like where they finished in the fantasy pros. I'm like, why can't I see that tweet? Oh yeah, fantasy pros has me blocked. Blocked. You made a powerful enemy over at Fantasy Pros. Yeah. We won't go into that. We will go into the plug for Football Outsiders. Don't make sure you're going to footballoutsiders.com slash subscribe. Mentioned on Monday, we're doing playoff DVOA for the first time ever. And you hear about DVOA across a lot of the media enter- enterprises out there, but you can go check it out for yourself over at footballoutsiders.com slash subscribe. 99 cents a week are the packages on there. If you get a year's worth of all that data into your life, and we're going to have some fun stuff coming up for the NFL draft that we have not announced publicly yet, but that should be helpful for 2022 best ball, dynasty leagues, whatever else you're going to be doing over the summer futures betting so go check that out footballoutsiders.com slash subscribe and of course make sure you're following at splash play pod and if you got the time give us five stars and review an apple podcast because that'll help a bunch and davis i'm sure you love to hear me cram plug after plug out of my mouth in a row after just talking about how you hate promotion no it's not that i hate promotion it's that i hate the intrusion on my twitter feed because the the, the mobile twitter experience uh, was so good for so long. And I don't know when they started introducing the advertisements, but it's like, I don't mind when my favorite podcasts have ads in them. Like it, it's whatever. It's like, you got to get your money, but I expect that. That's I, that's always been a part of podcasting. That's not always been a part of the Twitter feed. Would you, are you on like the team Rovell thing where you would like pay for a premium version of Twitter that like didn't have ads and had a little bit more bells and whistles? Honestly, at this point, I actually think I, it's like I get joy out of blocking all of these accounts. Like I, like I think, like I think at this point, there's something spiteful about being like, oh, you, you mega corporation, you want to advertise to me? Blocked. Like it is, uh, yeah, I don't know. There's definitely some mom spite and pop, in it. Like advertising type thing where they're like, nope. are they still getting the whack-a-mole too? All, all, universal. Like here, I, let's, I will, I'll pull up my Twitter feed right now and I'll tell you the first advertisement. That I see. This will be. This will be. This this will be uh, some great content. Uh, Debatable, whatever debatable is blocked. (laughs) Don't know what it is, but they're blocked. Sorry, sorry, debatable. Debatable. Yeah. Yeah, The only other way around that, it kind of how I use Twitter now. It's like if there's like an event going on or something, and I want like I'll have Tweet Deck up, and then you don't get any of the ads 
in TweetDeck. And then otherwise, if I'm on my phone, it's literally just sending a tweet or checking mentions. And so I guess I just don't even see the ads uh, maybe as much as you do. They haven't triggered me yet quite like they've triggered you. I get real triggered. Really the worst is when you're in a legal sportsbook state because you get them at every turn. Like, and I, you know, I like being a legal sportsbook state, certainly better than having to deal with the offshores or whatever else people are doing out there. But you get them literally in your feed over and over again. I get barstool ones, and it's like, I, because I'm sure I have an algorithmic thing on Twitter with that too. And it's, it's nonstop too. And it's promos that aren't even interesting, but they just feed them to you time and time again. I haven't blocked them. I just mute the ads or say not interested in them, but I might have to take that Davis approach. Also seeing debatable now too. It's an ESPN show where they debate random things. And trying to be cute <laughs> sorry there you go sorry sorry to my i hope they never asked me to be on the show that would no, be uncomfortable <laughs> you're gonna do the same song and dance with debatable here in about a year and i'll I tell them s- i'll tell them no no hard feelings <laughs> let's talk some quick week 18 news because everybody's gonna be playing for the most part for the playoffs no covid rule out so that's not gonna be too much we have to dig into like we normally do make sure you are hitting the like button though whether you're watching on peach channel or the splash Pack channel helps us out a bunch get seen by more people and fight that youtube algorithm so please smash that like button on all of your favorite creator stuff but especially ours joe judge after monday's show we talked about every coach out there looked like joe judge was safe he's fired as the giants coach following an almost arrogant level of confidence about not getting fired and davis i don't know if you care more about coach machinations than pete does who is very much just ready to deal with these guys come august when he has to but you cared all about joe judge getting fired after really just being an asshole on the way out I really cared about Joe Joe Judge being fired, but uh, the 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 chaos that I was hoping for did not come. Which was I wanted more than anything for Dave Gettleman to have another year in charge of the New York Football Giants and hire another loser head coach, and then for Dave Gettleman to have to be fired after the Giants were bad again. But I I I have this like pathological hatred of the Giants. We're talking a lot about things I don't like to begin this show <laughs> because all of their all all of uh, the dumbest people on Twitter four years into the Saquon Barkley experience, we're we're still routinely having this argument that he was actually a good pick at number two overall because Sam Darnold ended up being bad. And uh, so I just I just get a lot of joy in pain for the New York Football Giants. Yeah, weird hire for Joe Judge in general, too. He was like a special teams coach, and because he was in the Patriots organization, they thought he would be a Bill Belichick, and just because you work with Bill Belichick doesn't make him that. And Pete, I know you don't care that much about the coaches, but I'm still going to ask you for a soundbite anyway. Joe Judge, everything you want to say to him on the way out? Well, I just, I mean, thinking about the head coaching jobs that are open, I mean, like, you you look at the Giants roster on paper, like, what head coach wants to go there. No franchise quarterback, all these resources sunk into these old aging skill position players. You got to go live in the cold in the Northeast. I mean, is this the easiest not wave on like a job? Like they're going to have to get some college kid or something to come take this job. Somebody yeah, be, who really be careful, dude. Wins. Be careful. Soft pe- people uh, born after 1985 or soft Twitter is going to come after you with these takes. I, I've given this take on Twitter before, and all the olds are like, "There are only 32 jobs out there." Like, like Feinberg and <laughs> like Jeff Feinberg and Michael Leone will come and find you and be like, "There's only 32 jobs. You're too soft. You don't get it." These guys think they're the best. Like, I don't know, but I, I totally agree with you. Why would you take this job? 
there's millions of millionaires out there and only 10,000 bored apes, Davis. <laughs> <laughs> Davis there's only nine alien crypto pumps. <laughs> nice transition there, too, with the soft thing, Pete, if you could pull up that tweet. And I feel like we just have to oh, play yeah. this clip because I saw it on Twitter uh, from Adam Levitan and a reply from a guy who did Splashplay last year, Matthew Friedman, who's doing a good job over at FTN now. We just didn't get him into our schedule this year. Uh, but some fun burns going around because apparently Josh Allen has issues with the cold and Bart Scott has an unconventional uh, solution for what he can do. He's got bad circulation, so his toes get cold. And you know, with the can I, feet. Can I, can I get your suggestions for him? Well, Josh Allen listening. If people get this message cold, buy Agra. Make a Agra for the game, baby. That'll fit that circulation going right. I, I don't so, know how to move uh, off the bat. I don't have any medical background, so I, can't, I don't really have a, a response to that. But you, you play. So do you want to A lot of us take Agra. Right, because Viagra opens up the blood vessels. Right. So, a lot of us take Viagra. What do you mean? A lot, of, a lot of NFL players, at least in my day, took Viagra. <laughs> the blood vessels. A lot of them doing athletes because Viagra was first uh, uh, heart medicine, right? So it builds up circulation to make sure that it gets the circulation to the feet. So Dr. Bart Scott there doling out dick pills to Josh Allen. Pete, does that encourage you? If Josh Allen's going to take this advice and and get a Get a stiff one going for himself in the frigid weather that's going to be facing him this weekend. I just got to say my two favorite things about this. So obviously, first, the guy who says there's a pause and that I don't know where to go with that. But my second is the unintentional cut to Josh Allen smiling right after they say, look at this thing. It's just him with this shitty grin right after talking about him doing Viagra. Um, That was incredible. Yeah, the blood flow feeling strong. Davis, you want your guys, again, you mentioned you don't like the soft players, much like the boomers out there on FFPC. Do you want to see Josh Allen pop some Viagra this weekend to get where he needs to be as a playoff player? This sounds like the most like guy who's been in the NFL and believes like deranged <laughs> things that football players believe. Like football players believe all sorts of like crazy stuff. I mean, this 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 sounds to me like obviously that is like uh, a wives tale in the NBA that like people have actually done this, that like, Oh, we got a we got a zero degree playoff game, and like uh, I guess the as he's saying, like I guess this does work because it your 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 blood needs to be flowing more. But uh, then you of course then you have I mean Dawson Knox did his little soundbite. He's like, I wouldn't do that because I don't need it. And then it's like, well, what what are we doing here? Like, what are, why why do build a dome, build a dome, Buffalo. The- the only thing that would have been more ironic if Cole Beasley was like, oh, yeah, I take all this Viagra every day. He's like, I will not touch a vaccine, but, man, I will pump myself full of Viagra before I get out there on the field. Sean G in the chat saying what he's saying is true. They realize the erectile dysfunction benefits during trials. Yeah, and I mean, too, if, if you're tackling Josh Allen, you're sacking him after a hard-fought play, and you land on him and you feel a turgid erection, I feel like maybe they'll throw you for a loop the next time you try to break him down. Doesn't this feel point. like a, a playmaker's plotline spags? They, like the guys are all like sharing Viagra in the locker okay. room before they go On out. Playmakers, they would get addicted to Viagra. <laughs> then that would be the whole thing. It's like, oh, he's addicted to Viagra. He can't get out there this week, coach. He's like, he's got to play. I don't care how hard it is. <laughs> Davis, did you ever did you ever watch Playmakers? We did a rewatch of it on Splash Play this this summer. I, I feel as if I did, but I was like way too young when it originally aired to have any idea of like what's actually going on. But I, I'm familiar with it. It was like a, it, it was like an ESPN drama about yeah. an NFL team that was like way over like entourage, but for football players, kind of. The other comp I was going to use, did you ever watch the ESPN like poker show full tilt, like the drama version? No, but like that's they- so funny that exists. 
Yeah, and it's like that exact same thing where it's just like the most sensationalized version of this thing because they had they had come off all that success with the World Series of Poker, right. you know, just the the documentary style stuff. And so they're like, what if we make a drama? And it was so over the top. And yeah, it, the Playmakers is that exact same thing, but for football. Everything the most dramatic, soap operatic thing, and that could be the case perhaps this weekend uh, with Buffalo in their game. Pete, anything news-wise you saw? I feel like we know Eli Mitchell's going to play, so that's that's a good thing. I feel like that's been our main news item every week for the last few months. Um, anything you've seen that's important to bring to the people for the playoff wildcard weekend? The only thing that's interesting to me is uh, Najee mispractice again, again today with the elbow. So that's starting to get into kind of dicey territory. I mean, they were going to get dusted no matter what, but I mean, this could be the dusting of all dustings if they don't have Najee. Yeah, tough line for the Steelers there. Davis, you got any thoughts there if Najee somehow can't go or if he's limited, how that affects, I guess, what you're doing with really everything, betting-wise, DFS-wise, and best ball-wise? Well, I was going to say he's definitely going to play. Like, like there's like, there's vids. He would have to be so like physically banked. Like you'd have to be beyond the pale to not be able to play here. But yeah, it doesn't seem like he is going to be 100%. So it certainly could be one of those things where he plays. But I mean, like last week, I think he only played like 48% of their snaps or whatever. So I wonder if, uh, you know, the, the most disgusting sneaky angle ever would be using you know, Kalen Bellage or, Bale, or Benny Snell, Benny I Snell. Think, yeah. yeah. Yep. So, and we also got a question here from David Miller in the chat, which I feel like we can get to before we get to our Super Bowl odds, but he's asking Davis, how many sweatshirts do you own over under 100? And he's setting the over at minus 155. Yeah, I feel like it's a lot. I mean, a hundred is a lot of sweaters, mm -hmm. but I, it's so funny because I, I have to wear a collared shirt for TV uh, which I do right before this. So I was like, I just went to go change and I was just going into my closet and I was like, holy shit, there are so many sweaters. And then I just grabbed this one off the ground that I always wear. That's the, that's the big issue. Yeah. You don't even hang them up anymore. They're just floating around your room generally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did they make you wear one? Is it your choice to wear a collared shirt or is it like that you have to wear a collared shirt for professionalism reasons? Yeah, for for professionalism reasons on Sports Grid TV, we have to wear collared shirts. Although I've I have uh, negotiated with my boss that I don't have to wear like a polo. I can wear like a Ralph Lauren like quarter zip or whatever. That's that's enough of a collar. Have you ever thought about doing that, Pete? Because I have to say this thought has occurred to me before that I feel like if we just did even our regular streams and we just wore like a blazer over our T-shirt or whatever, that people would be like, well, these guys are really credible because they're dressed like they're on TV. Well, that's kind of what Pat Mayo does, right? Like Pat Mayo is always very sharply dressed. He'll toss the blazer on, always has nice collared shirts, the floral patterns. Um, and yes, it gives him an air of legitimacy that uh, we certainly do not have. And uh, But I, I don't know. I feel like we kind of just need to stay in our lane. I, I can't imagine having to get dressed up for this show. Specs. Just wearing a suit to do fucking Nat of Pete. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you're lucky you're, you're lucky you're missing out on that one davis pete's been doing a character where he pretends to be his aged grandma who loves the players butts and somehow went to school with all these people in the 1920s it's really pat corain had a great time being exposed to this character for the first time it's a good character you know it's better that's better than pd props pd props failed yesterday i you know I, you, you gave me a lot of pushback on that devin singletary under i'm trying to hit I just, dude, it's cold. We got Josh Allen taking Viagra. I mean, it feels like, feels like, uh, feels like we're, we're going to have lots of, lots of running in that game. The, the right, reason is, 
Okay. Oh, go ahead. No, no, no. no. I was just going to tell you. So yesterday on, on Swolecast, you know, we were ready to just dick around about our speculative art tier bullshit for an hour. But uh, Dan Bach from Roto-Grinders right before the show is like, we need props talk, guys. Lots of props talk on this show. So we were really trying to shoehorn it in yesterday. Were you giving like real prop advice or just kind of forcing? I tried. Okay. I tried. <laughs> 62 I kinda, rushing I, yards for Devin yeah, Singletary's a lot. I kind of shot him down. <laughs> I got to give a shout out to your, your boy Bricks too. I, our, our boy. I like Brian Hooper a lot. He hasn't been on splash play before. Cause I don't, I don't think he could, I don't think he'd want to deal with this shit, but on lol's doing a great job every week. That little Chrome app that he did. I, I shouldn't say little pejoratively. It's actually really impressive, but the Chrome app he does where you can overlay his projections, Osmo projections, ETR projections on DK Sportsbook is like really like levels ahead of what actual data providers are doing. But I feel like I'd give a shout out there. And Pete, you probably could have used it for that swole cast. Yeah, it would have been nice. Um, yeah, Brian, we were showing it on Lulz last night. It looks uh, it looks pretty legit. So you guys can check that out on his site, brick75.com. I think it's a, a small PayPal payment. But if you're betting any kind of volume on props, it seems like it would be uh, very much worth it. Yeah, it just uses the projection data, compares it to the prop lines on the site. It's a worthwhile thing to check out. And you can find it on uh, Brick's Twitter as well, Brian Hooper with two underscores. And he's got, I think, a pin suite with that. Uh, but let's talk about Super Bowl futures and start with the AFC and NFC championship futures because I think, uh, you know, Davis was on ship chasing this week. I was listening to that show before this. And I think we know with his fandom and, and his approach how this might go. But if we go with AFC futures first, maybe we can figure out what we think is the best bet on the board. And I'm going to read them off here. And I guess we can sort of just go from there and try to really settle if we we can agree as a group on what the best bet is for an AFC title and an NFC title and a Super Bowl winner. I think that'd be great. But Chiefs plus 175, Titans plus 330, Bills plus 350, Bengals plus 700, Patriots plus 1,000, Raiders plus 2,000, and Steelers plus 3,500 with their likely barn burning uh, blowout that's going to happen at the Chiefs' hands. Davis, when you hear these AFC teams and those odds, who jumps out to you as being potentially the best bet on the board? I mean, the if you are just a math bro and you don't want to get your hand in the dirt at all, it's clearly the Titans because the Titans don't have to play a week one game. Who knows what happens with Kansas City against the Steelers? Like, you know, it certainly is not a hundred percent probability they win. Mahomes could get banged up, Tyreek could get banged up, Kelsey could get banged. They just have to play another game. So the math bros are gonna be on the Titans. The hand in the dirt bros are gonna be on the Bills because their defense is good and they're they're gonna have um home games but i mean i i bet the chiefs at i think nine to one maybe may, maybe deeper than that uh after they lost that tennessee game and that is so i i'm not i david was david was on the swole cast yesterday trying to like hedge out of his his tennessee titans position like in the super wild card round or whatever but i i feel like I feel like the the only value in this market is on the titans and hoping someone for kansas city or buffalo gets injured in the wild card round Pete, how about you? And I know you guys talked a little bit about not liking the Patriots too much on ship chasing. Because again, I was just listening to that before the show. So I, I'm all so top of my head, real fresh. But I would say the Patriots plus a thousand kind of interesting. I don't know if you have any thoughts on that, Pete, or if you want to go a different direction than the Chiefs, who are the who are the favorites when the AFC being the best bet. Yeah, I mean, I would be more interested in betting the Pats to win the AFC than the Super Bowl, just because they could, you know, if they upset the bills, then they get to go play the Titans and you could certainly see them handling the Titans in a gross game. Um, and then they're on their way to a home game in the, or no, not a home game, but they would be in the AFC championship game. Um, but yeah, it just seems like at some point the Patriots are going to be in a negative game script and be forced to play catch up and move the ball up tempo. And I just don't think they have the personnel 
and kind of the skill position players to do that. So they would have to run really hot on, you know, four straight games of kind of low scoring slog fest. I think the teams that are most interesting to me is still probably that like 49ers and Cardinals tier. Well, let's say, let's go to the NFC next. Six oh, sorry. So on AFC. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I really want to be as excited as everyone with the Bengals. Um, but I I just have a hard time doing that. I do think I agree with Davis that like if you're trying to get it in good, the Titans at plus 800 is probably the best bet. Derrick Henry, uh, you know, Zapruder film of him at practice yesterday. <laughs> Apparently he looks incredible. So whatever the Titans are going to tighten into in January, I guess. I think they had a 38% chance to make the Super Bowl, according to 538 that people were seizing on a little bit earlier in the week. Um, I, I think the Bengals, to me, like the reason I like the Patriots a plus 1,000 is because they shouldn't be lower than the Bengals. Like the Bengals are getting steamed up because they've been a fun team to watch and everybody's seen Joe Burrow throw for 500 yards and all that. So I think I don't love the Patriots either. I agree with your take that like it is going to be a lot of slog fest for them to get there. But at plus 1,000, I think that's probably the best uh, you know numerical bet rather than the Titans or along with the Titans at plus 330. NFC odds, we got the Pack. Packers plus 160, Bucks plus 350, Rams plus 350, Cowboys plus 600, Niners plus 1,000, Cards plus 1,200, and the poor Eagles, my local Eagles here, plus 3,000. Pete, you were talking about some teams you liked. I know we backed the Niners in our best ball drafts, and I think I'm going to be on the same page with you here, that them at plus 1,000, kind of a Super Bowl pedigree style of team. Yeah, I, I just think all of those, you know, those matchups, I think most people, I mean, the 49ers are now like the super trendy upset pick um the cardinals yeah. you know both of them what cardinals plus four uh you know 49ers plus three but then they have basically double you know kind of the long shot odds as those you know the teams they're playing so that seems like a buy opportunity there uh, especially the cardinals are just interesting to me just if they could get back to that early season form there's some rumblings maybe nuke comes back by like the nfc championship game i i just think they're pretty interesting Davis, how about you? Are you with uh, what the Niners? Are you with the Cowboys? I feel like you might be with the Cowboys at plus 600. Yeah, uh, I don't think that represents great odds because the Cowboys have like not consecutively played four good games the entire season. It's like they they have one amazing game and you know they, they, they score 40 points against the Washington football team and then three weeks ago they get blown out of their own building by the Denver Broncos. I think the, the, the issue with them is they haven't consistently had their starters available and healthy. Like Gallup's been out, then Gallup's been in, or CD's health and safety protocols, and then it's and then Amari's health and safety protocols, and then Dak hurts his calf, and then Tony Pollard hurts his foot, and the only one who's been available the whole season has been uh, Ezekiel Elliott, who looks like shit. So it's uh, it's I, I mean I would love for the Cowboys to win the Super Bowl. Obviously, I I think that people are definitely taking the uh, the week 18 heroics of the 49ers coming back against the Rams a bit too far. Uh, they, they are not in the same class of team as the Dallas Cowboys. Their defense is better. Uh, they, they don't have Debo, but they have, uh, you know, they have Amari Cooper and, and CeeDee Lamb. And Dak is certainly much better than Jimmy G. I mean, all these people who are on the 49ers as the trendy dog are going to get to the third quarter and Jimmy G is going to have eaten his third sack on third down. And they're going to be like, what have I done? What have I done here? The, the other thing too, as much as I, you know, am interested in the Cardinals, like if, if it goes, you know, more or less how we think, which would be bucks winning, say Cardinals, you know, whatever soft upsetting the Rams, the five over the four, and then the Cowboys winning Cowboys get such an easier draw against what I think is kind of a paper tiger bucks team. 
Whereas the Cardinals having to go on the road to Green Bay, like yeah. that's going to be a really tough spot. Like you want the Cardinals in the dome, you know, at home in these fast track. Like I think Packers will be able to play bully ball against them. Um, yeah. So I, I think a Cowboys Packers NFC championship game looks, looks pretty likely. Is there any world where you would take the Eagles plus 3000, just given the fact that they are plus 3000 and have shown the ability to establish the run. That's what has actually turned their season around. And you have some volatility that could work out their way. Is that, is that a bet you would ever take Pete? I'd be more interested in like betting the Eagles money line this week, as opposed to like their full futures. Cause I definitely think they're live this weekend. I don't think they're live to make it to the NFC championship game though. I mean, then they, they have to go on the road to green Bay. That would just be another super tough spot for them. How about you, Davis? If you had to choose between the two teams of Pennsylvania, you got the Eagles plus 3000 to win the NFC or the Steelers and big Ben's farewell journey at plus 3,500, which one would you choose? I would buy some shitty speculative art on. <laughs> Looks rare. Uh, I, I, I just like the the dogs. I would bet this week are the Raiders, the 49ers, and the Cardinals. I just, I, the, the, the Eagles and the Buccaneers played this season, and it was like the, the, it was an island game, and it was the game where everyone was like, "Holy shit, Jalen Hurts is terrible. We got to get Gardner Minshew in here." Like it just, it's not a particularly great spot because it's so hard to run on the Buccaneers, uh, which is what the Eagles are obviously going to try to do. And, and I, I've already, um, I've already heard this take emanating, but like, because no one believes in the Steelers, this is going to be the game that they win. But uh, I, I don't believe in the Steelers. I, I, I just would not bet this. Yeah, they would have to fall ass backwards into it, like the playoff spot itself. And I don't think that's going to be possible against the Chiefs. Well, let's talk about the Super Bowl odds here. Close it out. We did do our Super Bowl odds draft, our Super Bowl futures draft on Monday's show. If you want to go back and listen to that, where Pete and I went pick by pick to pick them. I'm going to read off a bunch of numbers here. So strap in Packers plus 380, Chiefs plus 450, Bills plus 800, Bucks plus 800, Titans plus 850, Rams plus 1,000, Cowboys plus 1,200, Bengals plus 1,800, Niners plus 2,000, Pats plus 2,200, Cardinals plus 2,500 Raiders plus 6,000 Eagles plus 6,000 and then the Steelers plus 9,000 win the Super Bowl. Davis, you got every team at your fingertips here. Who is the one that you would like the most? Just odds wise. It doesn't have to be the one you think will actually win, but who has the best value on the board to be a Super Bowl winner? The best value is probably the Bengals because they've already beaten the best team in the AFC two weeks ago. And again, not, not a believer in the Tennessee Titans. I know. I Yeah, but uh, I, the, the Bengals are 18 to one which uh, that feels like a pretty good number. Now, obviously, they have to win four consecutive games. That's very difficult. Uh, the Bengals, I think, are... are it's, it's who knows what's going to end up happening in the NFC. So much of what happens in the NFC is going to be like, do the 49ers luck box their way there? Do the Packers melt down in the NFC Conference Championship game for the third year in a row? Like, if, if the Packers are the team that the AFC is facing in the Super Bowl, it feels like the NFC is, should probably be favored pretty good because the Packers are a horrible matchup for the best teams in the AFC. But Bengals 18-1, to I mean, seems pretty good. Pete, how about you? Are you with, I think the take care of the Bengals plus 1800 Niners plus 2000. I agree. I think are probably the most interesting ones. And I just have to put a plan of flag here. I don't love the Packers being the favorite for any of this. I feel like if they were even with the bucks and Rams, I'd feel better about it, but them being treated like they're, you know, the easy front runner for all the stuff I don't love. What about you, Pete? If you had to pick one team here, what's the best value? Well, I was looking at the uh, football outsiders simulations and the first three kind of go in lockstep with the current Vegas odds, Green Bay, KC, Tampa Bay. But then the one that jumps out there uh, is Dallas. They give them a 10.4% chance of winning. 
in the football outsider simulations. And then you're getting, you know, plus 1100 on them with, you know, the Titans and Rams ahead of them in the, uh, the betting market. So just like pure value. And I'm sure music to Davis's ears, uh, the Dallas Cowboys look like uh, one of the better bets. Definitely a quality DVOA team. And then we got also in the chat, it is uh, Kyle saying the 49ers slander has got to stop. I think we, Pete, we have been the most bullish 49ers show, I think, for probably half the year, even with Jimmy Garoppolo and his many failings that we can point to time and time again. Yeah, I actually don't think there's any 49ers slander. They're, they're by far the most popular upset pick for the first round, right? Is there a more trendy upset pick than the 49ers? No. I don't think so. Yeah, no. I, I think they're. I don't think they're getting slandered here. You know, we just uh, we had to bring things back to reality. Well, I'm slandering them because <laughs> because they're gonna get they're gonna get beat because Jimmy's not very good, and they're they are they made the playoffs, but they're gonna have to pay the piper when they're down ten points um, at Dallas. You know, here's the thing. Um, you know, the Niners, if they would have just thrown Trey Lance to the Wolves from Week One, he would have been ready for the playoffs by now. But you right, know, but, but now around that, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It, and it, it, with like a peaking Trey Lance right now, uh, heading into the playoffs, now they start to get pretty exciting. But you get Jimmy G, and we've already seen that. Yeah, and I think yeah. they still, you know, Jimmy G, the risk profiles there. You got definitely want to see them have a lead, like Davis talking about. I don't think you want to see Jimmy G down ten, but I would agree. Like I, the thing that jumps out to me about the Niners, and we've said this enough times in the show, but just to make Kyle feel better in the chat, I do think like they have great running backs. They also have multiple options at running back if Eli Mitchell gets hurt. Two great pass catchers, and Debo is very versatile and could be you know some gimmicky kind of gadgety plays as well. And then, you know, defense that's not great, certainly not as good as it was a couple of years ago, but I think good enough to get through. Like, they're a team that, to me, is built to be in contention for a Super Bowl, but it's going to come down to Jimmy G, and we all know how that can go. Uh, Davis, I know you're on ship chasing this week, and, and guys, hit the like button if you can. If you're watching live, we appreciate it. Or after the fact as well, hit the like button. helps us out a bunch. But you were on ship chasing this week talking about playoff best ball strategy, and you guys were also talking through some of the ownership projections that that Pat's put together for the uh, the FFPC version of things. But I'm sure you've been playing some on Underdog, Davis. So how are you feeling about the the meta strategy over on Underdog for playoff best ball? And do you have any thoughts for the people that might help them out? Yeah, it's really hard to draft a good Buccaneers team. I noticed because of the way the ADPs shake out, it's very hard to get. Um, Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski you basically have to go if you take Brady you have to take Fournette or Gronkowski like it's hard to get the multi-team stack the other thing I noticed is that um I think the market is underconfident in Daryl Williams I I I think Daryl Williams can do what Damian Williams did in the playoffs three years ago where he he's just the dude uh and and I mean he played more than Clyde did in the Super Bowl last year. Now, granted, they literally didn't score a touchdown in that game. Uh, but it, it's actually, weirdly enough, it's very easy to do Tyreek or Kelsey, Mahomes, whatever NFC stack you want to start doing there, and then take Daryl Williams with your fifth selection. So pretty much every team I, I did like five this morning and every team I did, I was like, well, okay, I'm taking a chief or I'm taking two chiefs. I'm getting my NFC guys figured out. I, I also noticed it's uh it's kind of easy to backfill with Derek Carr. It's like incredibly easy to backfill with Carr. Uh, so, so a lot of my teams are like ending with like Carr Renfro or Carr Waller or whatever and hoping for that upset. Pete, how about you? Is there anything else you're seeing? I know the mitten three filled. I was going to put in a lineup or two this morning and then was like, well, fuck, I'm not not paying for the other ones. And unfortunately, Pete, you're going to have to pay for one of them today too. But anything else you're seeing in your your last few days of drafting since we last had a show? Yeah, I, first of all, one thing I've noticed um, 
the gauntlet drafts are softer than the mitten drafts were and hmm. which is kind of counterintuitive to me you'd think at a bigger price point um but and i know the mitten is now full but the mitten drafts seemed way sharper i don't know if the grinders were just kind of firing at those um i agree with davis kind of the big things is just you know the market in the adps are you know pretty reflective of the current odds to win um and a lot of the gaps though i don't think are big enough you know i i've I don't know if I mentioned this, but it's like, you know, all the Bengals guys will literally go in the first two to three rounds. And then the Raiders, you can get, pick them off like one by one rounds, eight, nine, and 10. And so it's like, you know, (laughs) they're only a few point favorites. I mean, should that ADP gap be that big? So I think taking advantage of that and people do naturally get anchored to the ADP that you really kind of, I like thinking through like a couple teams or exposures or angles I want ahead of time and just knowing like, okay, like if you want to backdoor some Eagles, like just put that in your pocket. You can go Jalen Hurts, Goddard, and Devonta Smith rounds eight, nine, and 10. And so I've kind of just been forcing myself into those kind of unorthodox constructions that I think the majority of the field isn't going to end up having. Is there any stack or team that you really haven't gotten any of at all when you've gone up every single time? Say that again. Is there any like stack or I guess team or really like no representation at all from one team for yourself? And I guess you could omit like the Steelers and that kind of that tier of team that we really don't think is going to make. I haven't really taken the Cardinals. Like I've, I don't think I've, I don't think I've taken Kyler at all yet. No, I have done uh, Edmonds and Connor specifically Edmonds who you can get with like your last pick or whatever. But even, you know, even like Zach Ertz, uh, Rondell Moore, AJ Green, Christian Kirk, like the, like those guys are all really cheap or I mean, DeAndre Hopkins might be back uh, next week, right? So he's not going to play this week. And that's a huge part of it is like advancing this week is is you have to win your little six-man pot or whatever. But Hopkins is going to be like, he's not even going to get drafted in every draft if he comes back. Yeah. And I also think too, um, like just a good practice thing too, is you think, all right, these are 10 round drafts with six people. So 60 guys go, you know, the majority of the ADP, let's say like the top 75, 80 guys, like those guys are going to be taken in the majority of drafts and using that as your differentiator. I'll I'll often do kind of more galaxy brain off the wall stuff. Like say I miss out on Mixon in a burrow stack. Like I'll toss in a P Ryan with my last pick being like, what if Mixon gets hurt? Like round one, like then you still have that set up and then you're just incredibly unique. And so kind of just pushing out that, like Davis mentioned, like Rondell Moore, I hadn't even really thought of him. I guess I don't know what his health status is, but if you're playing them for a super long run, you could miss the first couple weeks and then all of a sudden have like two big games in the NFC Championship and the Super Bowl. So I am not afraid to get Galbrain with that last pick. Davis, are you also loading up on AJ Dillon here? I know you mentioned that was one of your guys yes. in SFPC. Which isn't even smart. He doesn't even play in week one. He's gonna. He's in a split. His ADP. His ADP is the worst ADP because of people like me who literally. I'm just thinking of AJ Dillon. And I'm like, body blows. It's cold. It's in Lambo. You got to take Viagra if you want to tackle AJ Dillon. And it's just like, but I. Can't, I literally cannot help myself. I'm like, I. Just, I just imagining that guy. It's one degree outside. There's snow on the ground soft ass California boys from San Francisco are in Lambeau trying to tackle him 24 carries 180 yards two touchdowns like I just can I I see it I see visions of it dancing in my head how many Viagra's does it take to tackle AJ Dillon like at least two right you got to be popping I I I, I, there's not a number there's not like I I literally given a hundred tries could not tackle AJ Dillon Pete do you share the AJ Dillon love I feel like that's the kind of guy I could see you getting into 
Yeah. I mean, we were all hype on him this summer too, like heading in best ball drafts. Cause for a while he was going in like the 12th or 13th round. And then we all were hyping him up and then he was going in the eighth or ninth round and then he didn't become, as and, good but, of a pick. but he, he kind of delivered though. Like that's the, that's the yeah. other thing. It's so dangerous guys like this. And it's the, it's the same thing with Pollard who like kind of delivered this year, but I mean, you know, he ran for 803 yards, five touchdowns. He was targeted 37 times, which is way more than anyone would have had him projected for. Like he had, he had a thousand yards and seven touchdowns. Like he had a perfectly reasonable season for who he is. Yeah. And I think AJ Dillon's certainly a guy that does fit that playoff profile, or at least how we envision it historically and how NFL coaches do love to run the ball in the playoffs. And that's certainly a guy that can get there. And then uh, Willis, our accountant saying he has not drafted a single Patriot. <laughs> I feel like the Patriots are the one team. And I know no, I, I hyped him for no. the Super Imagine, but... imagine drafting a Patriot when they're just going to be up against a full squad of bag or zombies. <laughs> they, they're I, the kind of team that could ruin this whole thing though. And I feel like we, we all know that on some level. Yeah, I, I will sometimes the, the times I get on the Patriots, I don't know if I've ever drafted more than two Patriots, but sometimes if I'm doing like, say, four Cowboys or four Cardinals and just like that's my NFC Super Bowl team and I'll do like three sets of two from the AFC, you know, two Bengals, I'll toss in two Patriots and like two Raiders and just saying like they they are very live if they somehow upset the Bills like they can certainly beat the Titans. So um, that's where that's where it gets interesting. Like I think they're a better they would they're a better bet to beat the Titans than they are to beat the Bills. The, hmm. the Bills are just such an interesting matchup for them. And I do feel like it's kind of analogous to the 3-6 matchup with the Cowboys and the 49ers where it's like if the Patriots or Niners can keep it really close and kind of play their style of game like they'll be right in it, but man, if they have a 10-point deficit, they just especially the Pats just do not have the personnel to cr to crawl back. Yeah. Our Island Mortgage King, Brian Schultz in the chat, by the way, pointing out David Cully just got fired from the Texans. So a uh, black Thursday for him, unfortunately. And that's lame, dude. Yeah. That's lame that he got fired. He, 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 they were competitive in every game. Pretty much. I mean, they overachieved for sure. I know we had them a little bit higher in DVOA at Football Outsiders to start the year just because they signed guys who were like, you know, replacement level players. And that was better than yeah. what they had last year. But you can't give a guy that shitty of a run and give him no QB and then also fire him. Like, yeah, I agree. Like, it's just kind of disrespectful at this point. Right. And there were like, that is not a heads need to roll situation, right? That's mm -hmm. when you like put everything that you need to uh to compete and then they fail and it's like well how did this not work out like they they made the most out of their their talent and they do not have a ton of talent over there and like davis mills looked like one of the best rookie qbs in what was supposed to be a loaded uh you know qb class so i think that's kind of bullshit you kind of developed davis mills about as much as you yeah. can like he looked better at the end of the year than he did in the beginning for sure getting thrown into the fire when tyrod taylor got hurt unexpectedly but yeah I'm, david cully certainly not a guy i'm gonna go to the bat for and i'm gonna try to vouch in a meaningful way but i i just you know at a certain point you got to trust the guy and give him something here if you're having him hold the bag for all the other shit going on in that organization but pete it's time to look forward to the playoff best ball drafts so if you want to pulling up you want to answer the gauntlet today pete or you want to do the Wait, big man maybe uh the big man i mean let's uh the, the show budget is uh you know we can't afford that around here anymore. well davis unblocked football outsiders now so you're going to be rolling in in reciprocal money i'm sure any minute now uh Hope sure so. yeah yeah definitely <laughs> um all right yeah let's uh let's do gauntlet 
And if you want to just, uh, I know people who are watching your channel know, but Pete, tell the people what we're doing here with the best ball drafts over at Underdog, where uh, some fun promo codes coming out soon, Pete, that I'm working on behind the scenes to try to, to try to snake you. Good, go for <laughs> it. Um, yeah, we're doing. I mean, we were just kind of talking through all the strategy stuff, but it's a ten round, uh, six man draft, and the kind of strategy dynamics are um, the top team, just the top team out of the six advances after the wild card round, but you're also trying to, you know, theoretically have a full starting lineup for the Super Bowl when the $200,000 is up for grabs. So you're kind of constantly weighing, you know, advancing now, um, but also making sure you have enough firepower, you know, to win the whole thing. How many more of these are you going to do before they're done on, uh, well, you know, I presume Saturday morning? I was talking to Davis about this before. I mean, I'm just trying to do as many as I can and fit them in. I'm, I'm busy right now. I've been getting to like six or seven a day and uh, maybe I'll fire a bunch off on Friday night uh, and Saturday morning, depending on if this fills, but I think I'll get to 50 to 60 gauntlets. And you, and how many did you get into the, uh, the various mittens? Uh, not at the first mitten, only like seven. And then I got like 25 into each of the other mittens. Okay. It's not bad. Not a bad haul. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess if I could, I don't know, the gauntlet having the 200K up top in a bunch of dead teams from earlier is pretty uh, frothy, but mm. um, it was also like while I was trying to really get my bearings on ADP and just kind of strategy, I was just like ripping off mittens to get comfortable. So now I feel like when I hop in these drafts, I'm, oh, we got our friend Bime4 in the mix here. Ooh, okay, of course, check out Spike Week, Bime for his podcast over there where he's doing uh, these kind of things every single week, all season long, just like we're, we'll, we'll be doing here too. So don't actually don't go to Spike Week then. Just watch Blast. It's, it's rude. It's rude that they make him take a running back. <laughs> exactly. Uh, Davis, who do you who do you want to take? Uh, let's go Diggs, Josh Allen here. We'll see if uh, raise it. Um, normally, these kind of go pretty pattern based. Like normally this guy takes Brady and Evans. Yep. And then we grab Allen, and then this guy completes their Mahomes. But you can see lots of weird stuff in these. Right, yep, e Evans Brady. Josh in the chat saying, if you don't take Julio, you're not a man of the people. I don't know that I've seen Julio drafted in a single one of these that we've done. I took him right before I came on the show. I had a, a Tannehill, A.J. Brown, Julio. Um, all right, we'll stack up Josh Allen. All right, there you go. Easy one to start. Um. Yeah, the the Titans one, like I was like tossing in some Donta Foreman as my last round pick, but now that I mean, watching Derrick Henry drills at practice, it seems like he's completely fine. You would you would you take Derrick Henry at all? I know you guys were making fun of it being a boomer pick on FFPC, but would you get some exposure to him on Underdog? Yeah, I I pick my spots with the Titans. Like if I'm loading up on like a wild card onslaught, you know, specifically, you know, maybe the Bucks or the Cowboys or something, I would. I would use Henry. Um, and I, I like those teams where I'm able to get both Henry and AJ Brown. If, uh, if the draft falls and it's weird there, sometimes people will be in love with Henry and they'll like take him in the second round. And sometimes those guys will fall. So I normally will just try to get them on a discount. Davis, you taking any Derrick Henry for yourself anywhere? No, no full, full fade of Derrick Henry. I just set up my, uh, my NFFC po uh, postseason hold'em, And, uh, so the way that works is there's like a multiplier given for every round that a player is in your team. And I I'm doing double zeros in week one. I'm taking Devonte Adams and AJ Brown double zeros in week one to have the two X multiplier on them potentially. 
up to 4x depending on on what ends up happening that sounds fun yeah it's dude it is the best game i i I, we've been talking about all these different postseason games the nffc game is the best Honestly, I haven't heard anybody talking about that one, so I feel like that's it's, that's a real sharp. That's why you're so sharp, Davis. You knew that. Well, it's <laughs> it's very niche and it's expensive. It's uh, it's that there's a twenty dollar one. Hang on, hang only- on, Davis. We're on the clock, and then we can. Uh, so our opponent is definitely going to grab Gronk in between. Otherwise, we can kind of do whatever. I think we go uh, Amari and then Zeke. I don't mind that. Yeah, I think that's reasonable to get the NFC team. Um. All right, let's do. Let's do Amari here. I'm guessing he goes Gronk, and people love taking Singletary, so he's gone two bucks. I wouldn't be surprised if he goes Gronk Singletary. And I think your point, too, that you guys are making on ship chasing about, you know, Amari Cooper being just not a sexy pick that people just go to, like, don't go to. I think he's got the most to gain from Gallup being hurt, and I think that's still something that, you know, like Cedric Wilson's been good, but Cooper should be relied on more in the playoffs. So one thing I like to do with constructions like this, and, like, we're well on our way, is you know, because we have plenty of like pass catcher options to get two more bills, you know, Knox, uh, Gabe Davis and Beasley. Like if we play for a four bills then, but we're not using the running back, then we get running back wide receiver pairings from NFC. So we already got one in Dallas, Amari Cooper. Then we could be looking for stuff like Eli Mitchell, Kittle, you know, Sony, Michelle, Van Jefferson or whatever, looking for those pairings so it fits up with our our Super Bowl four. Smart. Yeah. Uh, Terrence was in the chat also saying you should discuss stacks by pick position. I, that'd be tough to do because we don't have enough time to do that in a meaningful way, like while doing this live draft. But any weird stacks you're seeing with you know, I guess the the various pick positions to start things off, like or or any advantageous spots you're seeing with that. I just, the one thing I notice is just people falling into the really comfortable stacks, especially in the back half. It's like whoever takes one of Hill or Kelsey gets Mahomes. Whoever takes Diggs gets Allen. Whoever gets Evans gets Brady. So, and then a lot of times you'll see the Adams guy has the choice to take Rodgers. They don't always do that. And then whoever takes Cooper Cup, they normally feel a little comfy to wait till round four or five to take Stafford. But then sometimes you see them do weird stuff like this where they'll take Rodgers. My just kind of take has been similar with like 18 round best ball stuff where it's if I use the early capital. So see, I just don't like this from him, you know, using two QB spots in your top five picks while also being anchored to Cooper Cup. Like if you're going to grab that second QB early, I feel like it has to be Stafford here. This is just a weird construction to me. One thing I think is interesting is declaring a winner on one side of the bracket. So being like, all right, I took Adams, I took Rogers, or I took Evans and I took Brady. I took uh, Mahomes and I took Kelsey and then taking seven or eight spots from the other side of the bracket or, or, or maybe even six, but, but not stacking them. Right. So I took three Rams. That's my NFC guys. And then I'm going to take all the rest of my spots from just various AFC teams. Yeah. Um, to just be like, I don't care who makes it. I just want to have, I just want to have po- uh, points to get through. Yeah. And we could have done like the bills onslaught if we wanted and going with Singletary and gotten to like five bills and then just sprinkled whatever NFC guys we wanted. But now I think we need to play the puzzle piece game a little bit more. Um, to me here, 
I mean, I, I think like the Sony Odell like pairing like fits really nicely. With I this. love, I love Sony. Sony's ADP is like a like two rounds too low because Cam Akers got four targets last week. Like people are way overreacting to the Cam Akers thing. I think. I think yeah. some Sony Michelle bias too from previous years. Like he's been legitimately well, very he's good. bad. Yeah, he's. I mean, he's not though. He's bad. But you're like that. Just the idea that Sony Michelle is bad. But like Leonard Fournette is like kind of bad too, and it just doesn't really matter. I feel like numeric. I mean, I haven't looked at it the last few weeks, but I felt like he was performing on a per touch basis better than he was in New England. I, I might be wrong. Well, yeah, the t- the offensive line is incredible this year for them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, honestly, it might be just a, a situational thing, but yeah, getting. Yeah, I, I mean, I, and point being, I feel good about Sony Michelle, and I'm with you on that take. But I, yeah, uh, the volume is there, which I think is a main thing anyway. The um. Uh, the other nice thing too, like when you've kind of cornered the market and watch me just absolutely jinx this as I'm about to say it, but like once you have like the Allen stuff, it's just people aren't reaching as much for your guys. You know, you'll see Knox slip a little bit, Gabe Davis, people will be fine adding them to their other combos. But once you've kind of cornered the market on the, on the QB, people kind of chill at least with reaching on those guys. So it gives you some cover there. Um, so if we are able to add our two bills, then I think the other thing is now just thinking of like what other kind of Super Bowl NFC, you know, running back wide receiver pairing. I mean, this is where I start to, because we don't have Tampa Bay Bucks and because they're going to be really cheap, I start to think, you know, what about a little like Miles Sanders Goddard kind of finish um, for this, for this NFC pairing? Yeah, I'm just not taking any Eagles. I just, I can't do it. I don't, yeah, I don't think it's a high probability one, but it does fit the construction. You, I'd have. rather, I'd rather take, I'd rather take, uh, we can do Kirk Raiders. and Edmonds. We could, do yeah, Kirk. I, I, I think they're drawing so much more live. The only problem is, is just because they're going against our Rams, but it's not a huge deal because we still have two sets of NFC teams that we can pair up with the Bills in the Super Bowl if we want to play that game as a total shootout, right? Yeah, that makes sense. Um, Kirk does go. So that blows up that idea. What do you, where, what is your take Davis on these, you know, secondary bills guys? Like how do you rank Knox, Gabe Davis and Beasley? Gabe, Gabe Davis feels way more likely to give us the, the spike, right? Yeah. Did he go though? I'm just going to put Knox in just in case he did go. Yeah. I, I mean, Knox is, Knox is fine too. Someone took him, uh, which is weird. Um, but I'm just going to lock up Knox here. You can make the case for Knox over Davis too, just because there is still Sanders in the mix. I don't know how healthy he is, but you can definitely yeah. take some And I mean, I feel like both of the ways that Knox and Davis, you know, find their way into their lineup is through touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think Knox is still always live for a, a two touchdown kind of game. Great. Um, yeah. So we don't and we don't have to force my my little, you know, running back wide receiver for the the third NFC team if it if it doesn't fit perfectly. Uh, Josh asking why not Lazard because we weren't getting a Green Bay running back, right? Uh, hang on one sec while we're on the clock. Yeah. Um, okay. Do you guys so we can just add Beasley now and be done with our with our bills? What about then- what about MBS? What about MBS? We could do MBS. Yeah. So then, um, yeah. So we won't have. There's probably not another. I guess we could. I guess we could take Lazard if he falls. Hmm. Um, if we want to stay concentrated on those two teams, or we could just the, the NFC running backs now are pretty 
are pretty gross. We could still take Edmonds. Could take uh, Ramondre? No, no, not with Bills. We wouldn't want to do that. Yeah. Um, is there an AFC Derek Gore? I mean, we could. I mean, it's like Najee because we don't have any Chiefs. Um, it's pretty gross the yeah. uh, the running back situation. But I mean, we're like I'm not worried about our advancement, you know, potential when we have Zeke and Michelle, you know, going this weekend. Right. GA is saying Zach Moss. I would not trust Zach Moss at all at this point. Yeah, that does go to the kind of, you know, what we're saying for like late last round pick. We, we obviously loves. already, we need the Bills in the Super Bowl to have any chance. Um, this goes back to kind of Davis's thing. If we add Zach Moss, then we can have any combo. Like we can have a Bills Green Bay Super Bowl and still be live just because we would be able to, you know, fill a full starting lineup. Hmm. So yeah. I, yeah, that would... That would probably, I would either say like Lazard, um, and then we still would need Dallas or the Rams in the Super Bowl. Or if we go Moss, then we don't really care who plays the Bills in the Super Bowl of, of our, you know, three Dallas. That's, that's what I like. That's what I like doing is mega stacking one team and then not caring who they play in the Super Bowl. Well, I don't think anyone's going to take Moss. Um, we still have two picks here. Do you want to do Lazard and Moss to finish? Yeah. Yeah. I'm I think Lazard that. makes sense. Yeah. I'm also Chris in the chat asking, are they going to add the mitten four? I'm sure we'll fill by Saturday. I think they probably want to fill the gauntlet and the big mitten if they can, would be my yeah. thought. Yeah. They do not want to have the overlay in those. And right now, oh, I think they're... Yeah. And the other thing, the reason this made sense is, and the, I was getting tripped up in my head, uh, I was planning on Beasley, but Beasley went. So Moss is actually our fourth, um, but now we're protected. Um, we have four bills, but we can have bills, Dallas bills, Rams or bills, Packers. And we're, and we're live there. Oh, we also got some people in chat saying there definitely will not be a mitten four. they've already said as such, including one of our underdog reps in there too. So there's an official statement or semi-official. I don't know if we want to give them that credit there. There you go. Um, you're going to have to hop in these gauntlets. Um, let's see up. what did buying four do here. Tyreek chase Mixon, Higgins, Debo, Connor, Kirk, Kyler, Ayuk, Jimmy G. Yeah, so heavy Bengals and then live with either uh, San Francisco or Arizona Bengals. Uh, Super Bowl there. Anything else interesting in this draft to you guys? No, I just, I think like the more I'm thinking about it, that is kind of the move. I think, I think it is like super stacking like four guys from one team in one conference and then kind of like a double stack of skill position players on the other side. Cause that, that, that's the thing is, uh, you know, assuming you draft a, a wild card round quarterback, you don't have to worry about filling in those quarterback points. Um, so I, I really like that. I also don't get what that smock guy was doing at all. Like, I don't, I don't know if there's an angle that I'm missing completely, but it feels like he was just drafting guys in the hopes of advancing, but I don't, yeah. I don't get what he did. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I do see, honestly, like I see drafts too, where, I don't think people understand how the advancement rules work. Like I've seen a draft that started with six Packers and Titans and you're, you're literally just gave $25 away. You can't even submit a full starting lineup in week one. And then you do see lineups like this where it's like, all right, the thing is, is you're playing this like a double up, like, but it's not like three teams advance. <laughs> Only one team advances. So you still need like correlation into nail the like shootout pieces or the really high performing pieces to where I think correlation helps you 
in that regard and set you up for more future success. So I don't, I don't really understand these scattered builds. Also, Davis, we talked about this on Monday, and I just want to kind of, for the people who did, who were hoping there'd be another mitten and then they're finding out there won't be one, like the gauntlet has to be the more plus EV tournament at this point, even more than the mitten three, because you're drafting against people that didn't know like what the actual playoff teams are going to be. A lot of Jonathan Taylor. Do you agree with that take or do you think that? But doesn't it, doesn't it go the other way though? Doesn't it go, doesn't it go the other way that like uh, people were getting like cheaper bangles? uh and and stuff like that like i feel like i feel like this is the just the um the be the early best ball mania argument versus you know after the news breaks like i feel like yes on aggregate the teams that are drafted right now after the playoffs are set are done structurally more sound but there were better valuable better values available earlier like for example two weeks ago when jonathan taylor was going number one overall that means that one of those that that team is dead so you have a better chance of advancing and you got better values because that guy was drafting other Colts players probably. But that assumes that they drafted correctly besides that, like besides not getting that one landmine, which I think is the part that I don't trust that people do. Like I always you know, tend to believe more in like these people have to show and prove and that they're going to play the right players in a given day. And that's why I think it's more plus EV, but I think that that's a fair counterpoint though, but I would still throw it in. Yeah. I I mean it's it's the age old argument of there's a lot of dead teams but there's some super teams in there. That, that's it. the thing is you're more likely to have gotten a super team early, when, especially when ADP like people didn't even know what they were doing when they started drafting these. Yeah, and I showed the I think I showed the team that we drafted on ship chasing um a while back, but I think it was one of the it this was literally the first gauntlet team um that I drafted and we did it on uh ship chasing Mahomes and Dak, Zeke, Dylan Pollard, Tyreek, Kelsey, Amari, MBS, and Schultz. Like th this is an impossible team yeah, you can, yeah. to get that. Yeah. Um, which and honestly, it probably shouldn't have even have happened then. <laughs> like like not that much, but I think people sentiment on the Chiefs when we drafted well this you was, got was the you got Dak 15 picks after ADP and Mahomes eight picks after ADP. Yeah. And we didn't, I was saying to these guys, right. When we did, I was like, oh, we don't need to take Dak. And then he just kept falling and falling and falling. And then at some point it's like, well, might as well, because you know, you're, will boost your advancement rates and probably help you be live. Um, yeah. so yeah, if we get a chiefs, uh, Dallas Super Bowl, um, this team is going to be looking pretty filthy. Yeah. So check out the gauntlet over on underdog and really give some of the best ball drafts a shot. If you haven't yet, and you have some money to throw around on there, definitely going to be a worthwhile experience. Uh, Davis, what do you got going on here? Give the people your final plugs. Of course, they should be following you on Twitter at Davis Matic sports grid fantasy football podcast. I'll be on talking playoff games with Reeves tomorrow. Take cast every week, swole cast every week. You guys, you guys know where to find it. Yeah, make sure to go check all that stuff out, Davis. Really been doing this for a while, and it shows with this content because he just knows the game and the industry about as well as anybody out there. Pete, what are your plugs coming up here? What, what's the show schedule on the old YouTube? Um, Yeah, we're going to do – we're keeping our FFPC Playoff Challenge content rolling tonight on Ship Chasing. We're having Sean Siegel on, the Zero RB Godfather himself. That'll be at 9.15 p.m. Eastern. Uh, tomorrow, I'm going to do some more uh, – another TOC stream with Mike Zakarian talking through their playoff best ball strategy and ripping some more of their packs. And then we're capping off uh, tomorrow night on Ship Chasing with some more FFPC builds. Going to have some cocktails with Mike Leone and uh drew dinkmeyer so that'll be fine uh very fun 
And, and probably fine, too, I think. And tomorrow, we'll be back 2.30 here in the same spot doing Splash Play one more time. Rider Diet Picks for the wild card round. Nana Pete will be here. All the fun and joy coming up. And uh, make sure you are subscribed to Pete's channel. Hit the like button before you go. Subscribe to the Splash Play channel, too. And make sure to follow at Splash Play Pod so you can find out whenever we are doing another new show. We'll be back with you guys tomorrow at 2.30. So come hang out then. See you guys soon. Bye. <laughs>